Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your dude, Buzz, and I am joined by my guy, Goose, Bulls Scripted. We are here after, uh, you know what, this is just hard. The optimism in my voice is that I'm being fake as fuck, as the kids call it right now. I am, I'm very upset. The Bulls are <laughs> we're here to join you after the Bulls just lost 105-98, blew a 18-point lead to the New York Knicks. I'm feeling a little bit down right now. Goose, help pick me up, brother. I'm falling. Uh, I don't know how to pick you up, man. Here I was kind of happy that I skipped the last podcast. Didn't have to talk about that disaster of a Raptors game that I admittedly didn't even finish watching. Uh, kind of cut out with like six minutes left in the game. I just I was kind of done with it. Um, but that loss didn't hurt like tonight's does. Uh, this was a game that we should have won. You already said we were up 18 points and Bobby Portis happened to be the guy with the daggers tonight for us so it was pretty painful all around being optimistic right now would be uh, a little bit hard but at the same time it's it's four games we're one and three when we should be three and one and Let's at least try to get to a positive in Wendell Carter Jr., who had looked a little slow the first few games, but he looked like he really came into form tonight. Well, yeah, I mean, so we'll take positive away, absolutely. You know, always looking for the silver linings. I think it was even more impressive that Wendell Carter Jr. had a big game, considering all the bigs the Knicks have. I don't know how you feel about that statement, but I, I thought that was awesome because he's going up against guys like Mitchell Robinson. I mean, Morris Senior. I mean, he's not a huge, huge guy, but he's he's a big. You know, then you have Julius Randle in there, who's just a bowling ball. And then off your bench, you have Gibson and Portis. I mean, you have a lot of bigs on that team. And Wendell Carter Jr. bullied pretty much all of them in 28 minutes of play. 7 for 9 from the field, 20 points, 10 boards, 2 assists. Did have uh, 5 personal fouls, unfortunately. And uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbled there tonight. No, yeah, but he also hit 3 blocks. And it was really encouraging to see him stand his ground with players like Randall or who are just bulldozers in the paint, uh, getting a 20-10 and 10 double-double with an opponent like Mitchell Robinson, who obviously has him in the size department. We found out this year with the official measurements, Wendell Carter Jr. is only 6'9", which some of us expected if you saw pictures of him and Hutch as rookies standing next to each other. Sometimes in some pictures, Hutch even looked taller. So... I, but the, I think that would be the silver lining to take away from tonight. It's we're four games in. Got some guys that are still kind of you know playing into shape. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but I'm not obviously very happy with how the season has started. Right. Well, I mean, being one and three, and like you said, we should be three and one. We you know lost a couple games there that we shouldn't have. Um, honestly, dude, like I'm not hitting the panic button yet because I I, I do feel that. Young players learn how to be stars. I mean, they have that star potential, but it like helps you get to the next level when you are a star. And I feel like we need to figure out, or our players need to figure out where they're at with that. And uh, 
usually when you have stars on a team, solidified stars, you don't let shit like that happen. What happened tonight. And it's not a worry for me right now because I do truly believe that Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen have all-star potential and all-star capabilities. Um, but, I mean... The, you want to know what is a worry for me tonight? What's that? Ryan Archie Diacono playing just nine less seconds than Kobe White in total. Yeah, Kobe White only I, played yeah. 16 minutes in four seconds tonight. What yeah. is that shit? No, I agree with you. That's I was actually just about to get to that. Um, that is bullshit. And I don't understand what Jim saw that made him go that route with only playing Kobe 16 minutes tonight. I mean... You can't say it was the defensive effort when he wasn't on the floor. He, be, he was doing everything he possibly could. He was playing good D. He was, you know, looking all right on offense. I mean, he only had five points, but you didn't give him enough time to do shit. Then when he was in, he was kind of getting a little bit iced out tonight here on the offensive end by Chris Dunn a little bit. He's getting, you know, like the ball wasn't finding Kobe as much as that we've we've seen it. And, and I don't get it. It's very annoying to me. I don't understand that. But getting back to that star point, I'm already getting fuck. I'm getting reamed right now, dude, on Twitter. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing because I show a little bit of faith in, in into a squad, and uh, you know, I, I get completely killed because I you know <laughs> they lose the Knicks. But I feel like Zach and Lowry need to figure it out, and I feel that Zach needs to stop with the dribble, 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 and uh, bad shot selection. We've seen that in our losses. Um, you know, we only have one win. So we've seen that in our losses, and I was wondering what you thought that he could do to start improving that. Because I know that me and you kind of shared that same sentiment on one of the other bulls on taps with the over-dribbling and then hero ball a little bit where he's trying to take a shot that he thinks is going to help, but it might not necessarily be the right shot to take. Well, I think the first quarter is what Zach needs to do. Uh, The ball was moving. It wasn't sticking in anybody's hand. Uh, We got off to a really good start, got a good lead. So we need to see more consistent play like that. There is times where you do want Zach to ISO, but it can't be as often as he is going to it. Um, I guess it's somewhat understandable with the way Lowry is struggling from behind the arc. And, you know, you want to be the guy and you live and die with your shots. So, unfortunately, some of Zach's shots have killed us. But I don't think Zach is the big problem here. Um, can he improve? Yes. Um, but there's also nights when they're going to fall, and we're going to talk about how he's going to be an all-star. So, you know, it can go both ways with the way that Zach plays. Right, right. And then for and now basically that same thing with Lowry. Are you still okay with him trying to shoot out of this slump? Because I personally am. We're early in the season. I'm okay with him trying to shoot out of this goddamn slump that he's in. I'm fine with that. I mean, obviously, we know that he can drill threes. He's going to shoot up to his percentage. That's what happens. It's just... uh, The last thing I'm worried about with Lowry Markinen is his shot. He's going to adjust. Maybe it's the extra added muscle like you mentioned in a previous podcast. Uh, Maybe it's just, you know, getting into a rhythm for the season. Now you're playing almost every night, and and it counts. So... Maybe he'll come to form. We're seeing it with Wendell Carter Jr., who obviously had injuries that were holding him back in preseason in camp. So, and Otto, he started off great, but then he 
he disappeared. Like, I feel like he got seven quick points and then... Seven points in the first quarter. We did not hear from him again after. Exactly. So, and he played the second most minutes on the team. Yeah, Uh, that's unreal. So, you know, here I thought he was going to wake up this game the way he came out in the first, and then he just fell off a table. So, it's, it's hard to imagine that this continues, but... It doesn't make it hurt any less right now. Right. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm I'm definitely hurting a little bit. It was it was very very rough to to endure that. Now I want to get into another guy, Tomas Sadoransky here. Twenty seven minutes, one for five from the field, zero for three from downtown. He had five assists, three boards, added two points into that, and he was a uh, minus four on the plus minus. Uh, added one steal and turnover, so he broke even. <laughs> Just seems like he's kind of lost in the offense here. I keep waiting for it to him wake up, to wake up a little bit. Besides just kicking the ball to Zach and then run into the corner, he had a couple moments here tonight where I, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of judged his basketball IQ a little bit, and I want to give it a little bit more time because I watched him during the FIBA World Cup. I ran film back from you know uh, him in Washington. Guy gets nervous when he's in the paint with the ball. Man, doesn't want to go up with a shot more than half the time and he forces a bad pass I, I know he only had the one turnover tonight but I'm just kind of noticing that um it doesn't seem like he's fitting in with the starting five right now and again I know it's early I'm not ready to pull the trigger and say throwing Kobe White or throw back in Chris Dunn but or God forbid throwing Ryan Archie Diacono but uh you know I was speaketh of this yeah right um, you know, I was just wondering, man, what you thought about him in the starting lineup and if if you think we need somebody a little bit more versatile in there. And and when I say versatile, I mean he's obviously a 6 a 7 point guard, but offensively, you know what I mean, offensively versatile. So you're you're saying is it is it time to put Kobe White in there, huh? Well, and- it, it, I don't think it is personally, man, because I just don't want to wreck the kid's confidence. But also, at the same time, when I say I don't think it is, if Jim's only going to play this kid 16 minutes a game and the minutes are going to come from him starting, then fucking start him because I want him to have minutes. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. If you're going to play him 16 minutes, then, um, yeah, I'm all for starting him because 16 minutes is nowhere near enough. I think as a sixth man, you could get him, you know, 20 25, maybe even 30 minutes on certain nights. But if you're only going to play him 16 minutes off the bench, then yes, I I do want you to start him, especially if the season's heading the way that it is. I'd rather development from Kobe White than Thomas Sadoransky being the veteran that he's supposed to be. Right, right. I agree with that. Another thing I want to get into within the Bulls rotations before we talk about how I mean how the Knicks roster looked in general because I mean I, I do want to get into two guys particularly for the Knicks tonight. One guy who you were very very high on last year um, in Kevin Knox, and then we'll talk about uh, you know Bobby Portis as well. But um, I want to talk about the three guard rotation that we see with uh, Dunn, Kobe, and Ryan Archidiakono, and I want to know when this experiment's going to end. So, I want you to speak on what you saw in this game with that rotation. It's what I see in every game in that rotation. When those three players are on the floor, especially when you throw Cornette in the mix with them, it's a catastrophe on the defensive end. Uh, They're just getting their ass kicked. And it's not like outside of Kobe there's much of a scoring punch. Uh, Chris Dunn is really 
battling the rim. <laughs> yeah, a lot of wild shots from him tonight. I could tell he was pissing the funk off, dude. So, you know, Kobe's really the only one out there in that lineup, and Archie was 100% leading the league in three-point percentage until he bricked that one. So now he's four for five from three-point on the year. But outside of taking a charge on the defensive end, he's really just outmatched by just about everybody in the league, despite his heart. Um Hutch did get assigned to the G League team to practice with them right now since they're kind of, you know, ramped up and getting ready for the season where the Bulls are doing more walkthrough practices so they're fresh for the games. I just, I hope Hutch comes back and I hope he gets inserted right away and I hope Daniel Gafford starts getting some fucking minutes before I lose my mind. Yeah, so... Going into that, that's exactly what I was going to try to segue into. I agree, us being undersized with that lineup and not really have, I mean, basically when that lineup's in the game, it's give Kobe White the ball and kind of get the fuck out of the way. Um, and, and that's crazy to say because it's only been four games, but that's really what that rotation brings you. Uh, as far as the Chandler Hutchison thing, yeah, I wrote about that on ontapsportsnet.com today. I have a, a Bulls article up about uh about that you know he's going to be in the training camp with the windy city bulls in the g league and i mean it jim seemed a little bit optimistic that he might even be able to join the team this week you know i mean they're not even ruling out that he is suited up on friday brother so i mean that that's a good thing because that brings in more size a decent uh, you know a way better perimeter defender than we have coming off of our bench right now it just sucks that he's going to come in a little bit rusty because I know that during this offseason he really worked on his midi and his uh, and his three-point game because we know the, guy, the kid's got explosiveness going to the rim. So if he could start putting it together, you know, watch out. But I'm very excited to see him come in into your second point with Daniel Gafford. I thought that tonight would have been a good night, again, like especially because of the bigs that we usually do. Or not we usually do, but that we went up against tonight, you know, he brings a, a certain defensive intensity to him. But then to hear Jim Boylan today say that he thinks that Lou Cornette is a superior defender at this point in time. I don't know about you, but I thought I was still drunk from yesterday when I was at the Bears game when I heard, when I read that. I, I, I did not think I read that correctly, but it turns I, out, dude, I, I did. I read that correctly. You did read that correctly? Yes. I, I kind of just skimmed over it. I thought he kind of was alluding to Cornette being a good defender, which was obviously he wasn't going to come out and blatantly say Luke's slow as shit. Didn't you see him get killed by Cody Zeller? Um, but I didn't really take away that he was saying he was better than Gafford defensively. I don't think he's a better rebounder. I don't think he's better on the perimeter. Um, don't think he's better on the interior. I like, I don't know outside of spacing. I don't know what Luke Cornett is better at than Daniel Gafford. Yeah. I'm not really sure either, but that's basically what I got from what I read. And I just don't, I don't really get it. Um, you know, if you want to exploit matchups, dude, then you need to be versatile as a head coach. Second time I've used that word today. I'm going to drink every time I use that word. Um, but I think that you need to use, you know, the people that fit in your lineup for, for certain things. I, I do not see why Cornette was in when we were up, like, 16 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, give, give you know, Gafford some time because you know the Knicks perimeter shooting isn't all that. And they're really going to start trying to dive into the paint. And they're going to really try to start hurting us in there. And that's what kind of ultimately happened besides BP draining three after three. So let's move into the fourth quarter. 
We blew an eight-point lead twice in the fourth quarter. We had an eight-point lead twice, and we blew both of them. Um, led, not by only by Julius Randle, he did, he did really well, but led basically from clutch shots from Kevin Knox, who you were very high on uh, last year, and former Chicago Bull, Bobby Portis. Uh, do you want to call this a gutsy performance from Bobby Portis? You just want to say, yeah, no. We kind of figured if he didn't legitimately, and I mean for real, knock somebody out by throwing a punch that he was going to try to put us on our back tonight, figuratively, by beating us in basketball, and that's exactly what he did. No, tonight was just Bobby being Bobby. You knew he was going to come out hungry, um, and he bent us over a table. So (laughs) there's nothing really, you know, tip of the cap to Bobby Portis. Uh, Always liked Bobby. Don't think he's worth $15 million a year. Um, but always liked Bobby Portis. Wish him nothing but the best. I just wish it didn't come against the Bulls in the fourth quarter. Then again, he he gave it to us all night. So, um, no, that hurt. There's a couple shots there from Zach that I really didn't like. Uh, the deep one that he took from three actually didn't bother me. Uh, he was wide open. That shot didn't bother me too much. Obviously, I would have liked it to go in. So that would have been an easy one to criticize. But I do think that's in Zach's range. So maybe wrong time, but the shot didn't bother me too much. Um, some of the other over-dribbling possessions in the fourth, though, kind of killed me. Yeah, I, I I just kind of wish that would stop happening with him. But, you know, I don't think either of our swish, swishes to click really performed up to our standards but you're gonna take the w away in this one because my my guy didn't do good at all but zach levine did he he had better numbers than the guy that i chose because the guy that i chose in our last episode played fucking 16 minutes tonight so you know uh, <laughs> I, I lost that one friend i lost that one um you have anything else on this game man or you want to move into fucking uh the next one on to the next uh i mean probably just on to the next it was the the biggest takeaway for me was probably kobe white not playing enough minutes not getting enough touches uh not allowing him to impact the game i just that blows my mind more than the cornet playing too much situation but good news we play the Cavs next yay another opportunity to beat a shit team and hopefully not embarrass ourselves yeah, I'm, I think I learned uh, really here tonight, bud, that I I put out a tweet in the first quarter saying that the people that were hating on the Bulls during the first quarter, I'm like, we, you know, we should beat teams that were theoretically better on, you know, better on, better than on paper. You know, they, and this is a good thing. Obviously, we saw how this game turned out. So I'm going in here with very low expectations because that's what I need to start doing because I literally get anxiety filled. My chest gets tight and I don't feel good. So I need to make sure that I'm just going in here with an open mind, no shit talking, got to keep that positive vibes train rolling, you know, the good juju, the shit that I usually always preach. Got to keep that shit going against this Cavaliers team because I'm just scared the Bulls might fuck it up, man. Honestly, I'm just scared they might fuck it up. And I just don't want them to fuck it up. But uh, moving in this game is a 6 o'clock start, and that'll be on Wednesday. That'll be on Wednesday. Uh Keith, Swish, Goose, Bull Scripted, Swish to Click. Who you got? I'm going to go with Lowry Marketing because I think that this shot has to start falling. Um, 
and I think he's going to break out of his slump here against the Cavs. Okay, okay. And I also think he's probably going to be guarded by Seti Osman a lot of the nights, a lot of the nights, so that should make it a little easier for him to go off as well. No, let's hope he, he really can do that. Um, I'm I'm going to go with him again for the second game in a row, and, the, and I have a legitimate reason why I'm doing this. I'm going to go with Kobe White, and the reason I'm going to go with Kobe White is I think that he's going to see more minutes against the Cavaliers, and I th- I'm very interested in seeing the matchup between him and Garland. Gar- Garland was drafted ahead of him. I don't want to watch it. Why? I, I mean, I do, but I'm scared. I'm scared of Garland's potential, man. I don't know if it's going to haunt the Bulls trading up. Obviously, Kobe White's had a fantastic start, um, but no, man, I don't like watching prospects that I liked on other teams. It just just drives you nuts. Like it's, it's the same thing with me. I know he hasn't played yet. I don't think he's played yet, at least. But Michael Porter Jr. When I thought, you know, I, I still wish we would have tried maybe doing that. Um, you know, trading up into the you know in the first round because I know he went into the end of the lottery, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm interested in that matchup between Kobe White and, and Garland. I'm gonna take Kobe White, and hopefully, you know, we get some uh, we get some fire underneath you know lit underneath our asses here, and we come out and try to get a dub, man. I mean, that's what we need to do here. If we get a dub, we'll be two and three. We got to fight our way back to 500. Start from you know start from scratch. And make it happen. I really, truly feel that Jim needs to look at his rotation settings that he's doing. I think that he needs to start fucking staggering Zach and Lowry a little bit. I don't know how you feel about that, but I really think he should. I think that he should stagger Zach and Lowry, and I think that he should uh, put Zach with WCJ. And I think that we should see some Kobe with Lowry. Um, I like the way that their their games complement each other. And, again, that's just on paper because we haven't really got to see a lot of that kind of a rotation. But we have seen Zach and WCJ play well together. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with that, and I'm gonna go with the Bulls W on Wednesday against the Cavaliers. So that's all I got for tonight, man. You got anything else? Nah. Other other than that, I completely concur with the fact that Kobe and Lowry should play a lot more together. Uh, that sounds extremely exciting, and I do think that their deep ball threat from both of them opens up the drive for Kobe, which he's also fairly good at because of his speed. So. We should see more of that. I just need more minutes from Kobe in general. If he's not playing over 20 minutes, Jim's fucking up. Um, we have the Pistons after the Cavs, so that'll be a fun game. Yeah, I'll be at that one. Against, against Derrick Rose. So we'll we'll see what happens here. I, I'm, I'm all here for it, man. I'm all here for it. We, I will be at the game on Friday for that Bulls-Pistons game as well, so I'm very excited to go see D. Rose again play in person um I, I always you know always enjoy watching him play but uh be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs following us on twitter at buzz on tap is me at bull scripted is goose at bulls on tap is what you're listening to right now follow all those on twitter and follow at on tap sportsnet we will be back after the bulls cleveland cavaliers game on wednesday and hopefully we're talking about a dub but that's all i got for now we'll be back on wednesday Dude. Chicago, Chicago, my city.